it's sunday may 23rd welcome to a new episode of bazaar i'm your host sid and joining me again is anmol gandhi because we have another episode on cryptocurrencies so anmol welcome to the show and happy to have you back it's a very exciting episode we have in store today definitely and uh, like you know in the in the previous episode we spoke about certain crypto terms that people should be aware of we also spoke about how coinbase coming out with an ipo could be a massive moment in the history of cryptocurrencies but you know in this episode we'll explore some of the lesser known cryptocurrencies like apart from bitcoin ethereum dogecoin you know what are some other cryptocurrencies out there and you know what are some potential benefits that people can get from these cryptocurrencies what are the use cases of those cryptocurrencies so we'll cover that in this episode if you ask me my personal opinion about the increase in the value of cryptocurrency is that it's it's pure speculation and it makes no sense i think it's a complete gamble of your money it's i mean you know if you if you have money to lose then only you should invest in cryptocurrencies because it's basically just gambling but that's my personal opinion and that doesn't stop people from putting money in cryptocurrencies right because a lot of people have money to gamble with and there's not a lot of regulations also in this space so that makes it easy to just you know move money around and you can do anything with the money so we've seen like the rise of cryptocurrencies but in the previous week like it's it's interesting you know the sentiment has just shifted like a lot of people are now quite pessimistic and there's a lot of selling also happening in this space so anmol what do you think like what triggered this sudden fall in the value of cryptocurrencies in the previous week so on april 18th i think bitcoin hit a all time high of 64000 so looking at it looking at it in a month time frame people may call it a normal correction just because it went up so high it will also come down but there were also comments by the chinese finance regulating authorities uh, and they basically said that they want to ban the in any involvement of their financial institutions in cryptocurrency transactions so either in processing cryptocurrency payments or advising their customers on cryptocurrency payments they wanted to reduce that so there was definitely some uh, heavy selling the past week bringing crypto prices down significantly and we may not be out of the woods yet because the sentiment as you said has become very bearish people are now much more skeptical there are also a lot of people who have said that they've lost a lot of money on paper at least uh through this correction so it's a very interesting time ahead yeah but the point is that people like i see i understand that there are a lot of people out there who are not financially savvy and they don't understand the definition of currency but i think it was always a bubble right a, a currency going that high in value you know that it's going to come down because it's a currency it it's not generating any returns it's not making any profits it's not a company it's it's just a currency for god's sake and it was a, it's a classic bubble i'm surprised as to how you know people are pessimistic suddenly like all of a sudden in just 7 days the entire sentiment has changed regarding cryptocurrencies i find it quite funny to be honest but i think the the greed is still there in the market i see a lot of people buying cryptocurrencies as well even during the drop i also saw like a lot of cryptocurrency exchanges just crashed like i think wazirx coinbase to name a few they crashed yeah and the interesting thing is that during the past week the 
inflow. So basically, if you buy your cryptocurrencies off an exchange, then they get transferred from the exchange's wallet into your wallet. But if you sell the cryptocurrency to an exchange, then it gets transferred to the exchange's wallet. And in the past week, there was the record inflow into the exchange's wallet. So there was a record selling not seen since the uh, pandemic-induced crash. So there was definitely a lot of heavy selling over the past week. But then right after, there was also record buying. So people did buy the dip. Because if you're selling something, then obviously there has to be a buyer of it as well for a transaction to take place. But that just tells you that this sentiment, we could see in the next seven days, again, the sentiment just changing. It's These things are so volatile that every every week we could have a completely different sentiment. That's how it is. And uh, I mean, this episode is about exploring different cryptocurrencies out there. And let's begin with the first crypto that we are going to be deep diving in. So Anmol, I, I think... Pre-show, you were talking about Cardano as a cryptocurrency which has the potential to be become the next Bitcoin. Tell me something about this cryptocurrency. So Cardano is basically a decentralized blockchain network based on the proof of stake mechanism. So these were the terms that we discussed in the last episode. And the Cardano blockchain has the potential to be used for a lot of different apps. They're already being used for a lot of different apps. So they have already, based on their blockchain, a product called Atala Prism. This product is marketed as an identity management tool, so an identification tool that can be used to provide access to services. So that can be used to authenticate whether a certain person has the right or has the privileges to use a certain product. Or it can be used to verify credentials while you're opening a bank account or if you're applying to university. So... Uh, the biggest uh, selling point for Cardano for me is the fact that they have the ability to implement smart contracts. So smart contracts are basically computer programs or a transaction protocol that is intended to automatically execute a document. So as an example, if John buys $5 worth of travel insurance from Anna for coverage of $100 in case his flight gets delayed, so in this case, John is paying a $5 premium for the insurance and Anna is promising coverage of $100 in case his flight gets delayed. So a smart contract would be created on the Cardano blockchain and it would have a wallet address where John would deposit his $5 and Anna would deposit her $100 according to the terms of the smart contract. And if we find out that John's flight was delayed, then the $100 that Anna deposited into the smart contract will automatically be moved to John's wallet And if the flight wasn't delayed, then the $5 that John deposited and the $100 that Anna deposited, both those amounts will be moved back to Anna's wallet. So all of this will be done without the need of any humor intervention, which will greatly increase efficiency and reduce the chances of errors occurring and chances of bad customer service, for example. Mm. So uh, Cardano is co-founded by the founder of Ethereum, and it is positioned as an alternative to Ethereum. And there are three foundations behind it, IOHK, the Cardano Foundation, and EMURGO, which also has a, the EMURGO has also released a mobile wallet for Cardano. And Cardano is considered to be an updated version of Ethereum by some, and it is marketed as such. And the general aim is to just decentralize finance for everyone. I think what you mentioned here is quite interesting. Like the example that you gave where John deposits $5 as a premium for the insurance that he took and Anna is basically depositing $100 in case 
the insurance matures and the condition for the payment of $100 is satisfied. I think one important thing to note here is that normal transactions don't happen that way, right? You don't automatically get money credited in, in your account when when a transaction happens. A, a lot of transactions also happen on credit periods, right? Like Like when you're doing business, you need to give credit to your customers 30 days credit period. But if in case of a smart contract, that's not required anymore. Like the moment the transaction happens, automatically the money flows in your account, which is, I think the potential for this is quite high in financial industry. I mean, an industry which is just suffering from bad debts, suffering from non-performing assets. Uh, In that case, I mean, if you can execute something like this, the, the potential could be quite high. I'm not sure how exactly a bank or a financial institution could execute a smart contract and how it would work out. But I'm just imagining that, you know, the potential of this entire ecosystem, like the automatic credit facility, it's quite high. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. It reduces the, it, not even reduce it, it takes out the human element entirely. There is no need for human intervention to record and document the process of John putting his $5 in and Anna putting her $100 in because all of these transactions will be visible on the blockchain. So a third party or witness could clarify that yes, John has put his $5 in, Anna has put her $100 in. And then the same can be done when the money has to be withdrawn. If the flight does get delayed, if John does receive the $100, that will be seen as such on the blockchain. So this also provides an extra layer of transparency, which is not possible with human-based transactions just because of the volume of transactions that we face it would be very Mm -hmm. impractical to try and document and to publicly show every transaction we're going through that would take a long long time yeah and i think like with increased transparency the chances of doing a fraud as well is quite low in these cases right because when you have a validator and when you have you know automatic processing of your transactions then someone controlling that transaction someone you know fraudulently misusing that network that chance also reduces. So I think from a security perspective as well, the the potential is quite high. The use case of this particular thing, like smart contract, I'm not talking about Cardano here, but this particular method of doing a transaction, I think this is how the future looks like for us. Like I think 10 years down the line, we might be, you know, doing everything through a smart contract. So let's see how it goes. And uh, I mean, I, I remember like, you started this conversation talking about how Cardano uses the proof of stake method to validate the transaction. So anyone who's listening to this episode, and if you're wondering what that means, we've covered these definitions extensively in the previous episode. So, you know, you can also check that out. And, uh, you know, moving on, I, I also want to talk about a cryptocurrency that I was researching on. It's called Ripple. The ticker symbol is XRP. In short, you know, what Ripple wants to do is it wants to disrupt the global payments and international money transfers market. So it wants to connect banks, payment providers like MasterCard and Visa, also digital asset companies like Binance, for example. And they want to make this entire process of global payments a more efficient one. Because right now what happens is if you want to send money abroad, there's a lot of layers involved, right? And it's it's a cumbersome process. It's not easy. That's what Ripple wants to disrupt. Ripple's blockchain is an open source ledger called the XRPL. And what that means is what open source means is that anyone can contribute to this particular blockchain and XRPL will continue even if the company ceases to exist. So XRP was founded by a private company 
and even if the company stops functioning this blockchain will still be out there and ripple has three major products they are x rapid x current and x wire x rapid is basically a liquidity solution that uses xrp the cryptocurrency as a bridge between multiple fiat currencies let me give you an example let's say you want to send money from us to india right what you do you contact a bank to make that happen now what the bank does when it's using x rapid is that it connects with digital asset exchanges like coinbase or binance and it connects with these exchanges both in the originating country which is usa and also the destination uh, country which is india now what what happens here is that usd is first converted into the xrp cryptocurrency through the asset exchange and then in a matter of seconds this xrp is converted into inr in the destination country and it's transmitted to the bank in the destination country so like you can see you know within seconds you are able to make a global payment there's no need for a foreign currency uh, rate in this case usd is being converted into xrp xrp is being converted into inr everything is quite seamless and this makes global payments really fast and efficient and it provides more liquidity for cross border payments so i think from that perspective i think xrp has a lot of potential but there are few risks as well i think uh, anmol was talking about a lawsuit that is ongoing against the company i think sec filed a lawsuit against xrp so that's a risk anmol what, what exactly is this lawsuit about so basically the sec because bitcoin in its case it was made by satoshi nakamoto and we don't know whether that's an entity or an individual or an organization so that is not very you can't trace it back very easily but because ripple is made and marketed by the ripple foundation the sec is fighting a case to determine whether the ripple foundation the ripple uh, company behind ripple the ripple labs whether they had a responsibility to report to the sec when they sold when they first sold xrp in 2012 and the implications of the outcome of this case are huge on either way because if ripple does end up winning this case then there is future precedent being set for other cryptocurrencies that the sec might come after because they might just say you can go after ripple how can you come after me on the other hand if the sec does win that might just increase the crackdown that they uh, put on cryptocurrencies they might start going after more cryptocurrencies because their main concern is that people are investing into products that they don't know and then when they face heavy losses they they start blaming other people and that's not good for the economy as well so if they're successful in proving that ripple had a responsibility to say that the asset we're selling is volatile it can go up or down in price drastically in a short time period and if it is proved then we might see something very different happen in the cryptocurrency space in the future it could be a market moving event as well right i mean either ways if xrp wins then it's a favorable decision for other cryptocurrencies and if sec wins then again it's it's something that other cryptocurrencies have to be aware of and probably sec might be coming after them as well so either ways it could be a market moving event i think anything <laughs> any news regarding cryptocurrency is a market moving event it's that volatile so <laughs> i won't be surprised like if if this news comes out and 
you know tomorrow ripple or other cryptocurrencies drop by 25% 30% i won't be surprised but either ways i think these both of these uh, cryptocurrencies cardano and xrp the potential of the network is quite high let's let's forget about the speculation and about the capital gains or the the gamble that people are you know doing with these cryptocurrencies but the future looks very bright once these cryptocurrencies stabilize once people use it for the purpose for which it was intended then i think you know they could really disrupt the financial sector in a big way i'm hoping that it happens and uh, coming on to the next cryptocurrency which is called wechain so i've not heard about this even when i was researching i did not find this cryptocurrency what's what's uh, wechain and you know what how is it special how is it different from other cryptocurrencies and what are the use cases so wechain uses the proof of authority algorithm and their blockchain is called the wechain tor so it's a public blockchain that is designed for mass adoption of blockchain technology by enterprise users of all sizes so this isn't just restricting users to either be like big institutions this is also they're also aiming their blockchain at small and medium enterprises smes so the wechain tor is intended to serve as a foundation for a sustainable and scalable enterprise blockchain system supported in part by a novel governance system so if it would be chain like with cardano and with ripple you're not only buying the currency the ideal investor isn't only buying for the capital gains you're buying into the foundation behind it all the scripts we've discussed so far all of them have larger aims than profit they want to decentralize various aspects of our daily routine they want to disrupt a lot of the routine and central central authority right like they they the yeah. idea with cryptocurrency and blockchain is to just disrupt the central authorities like yeah. what people feel is that banks and you know the central banks are not doing a good job of controlling the money and i think a lot of people have lost trust in the banks and also in the central authorities so i think that's that's the aim here with cryptocurrencies and blockchain yeah so a few of the applications of wechain so far that i've seen uh one is a decentralized voting system based on the wechain blockchain so any voting system built on a blockchain would have inherent advantages such as uh tighter security because if a block is produced on the blockchain it's very hard to change the block to replace the block and uh, in general decentralized voting system would give people more belief because if they're voting for example for a president and if the current president has an incentive to rig elections or to manipulate the voting system then there would be a lot of distrust within the general population so mm. a decentralized voting system would fix that would fix some parts of that there are also blockchain based analytics for wechain wallet holders so uh if a business chooses to accept wechain for its daily transactions then they have access to a vast variety of data on their wechain wallet holders which is of course anonymous because like we mentioned in the previous episode all the blockchain has is a wallet address it does not have mm. a name linking to the wallet address so they can see these analytics and it may uh, give them more information and more ideas on how they can better target their customer base i think the point that you mentioned about decentralized voting if it could be implemented in a country like india the implications of such a voting system would be vast right because see this is not a political podcast right we we don't care about bjp congress whatever political party anyone supports but what happens and what the fact 
is that you know a lot of people still don't vote i mean in india if you see a lot of people still don't vote and a lot of educated people they don't want to get out of their house and they don't want to you know stand in line vote for whatever political party they support and what happens is that these political parties can then control the vote bank i mean you know they can influence the votes as well so i don't know if vchain will be used in india this uh, use case of a decentralized voting system i would love to see that in take place in india right i mean it would really disrupt all the political parties i think what's going to happen is that first of all political parties won't let people use this decentralized uh, voting system because it will be such a big threat to them that they'll do everything in their power to make sure that this does not come in india yeah definitely like yeah like you said regardless of what your political affiliations are we just generally see in the headlines whenever there are elections nearby the kind of manipulation parties want to do and even at the vote banks even at the polling stations there are just a lot of different tactics that they use so if you could vote from the comfort of your home that would definitely increase the convenience as well and there would be a greater sense of security like no one is forcing you to vote for someone you're voting of your own free will and there are lower chances of your vote being manipulated it it lets you feel that your vote actually counts you're not voting towards a lost cause or towards a dead end i think it could be a revolutionary thing if it ever happens in india i would really love to see a decentralized voting system in india but uh, you know just just these cryptocurrencies and the networks that they are powering you know they have tremendous potential and i i really hope that eventually they serve the purpose for which they were intended you know apart from speculation apart from the gambling that's happening in the previous episode we also spoke about how each cryptocurrency has a separate blockchain you know my initial question was like if one blockchain wants to share information or data with another blockchain can they connect with one another right like is there any any system in place or any network which makes sure that all of these different blockchains can share data together can we get a layer of security as well turns out that's exactly what polkadot is doing so the next cryptocurrency that we talking about here is polkadot what it does is it connects individual blockchains so an individual blockchain in the polkadot network is called a parachain while the main chain like you can imagine a network of blockchains and there's one one chain which is the main chain and it's it's like a network of blockchains connected with each other able to share information able to share data you know making it very easy for businesses to scale up for cryptocurrencies to scale up as well and i think it opens up so many use cases right i mean we are not even sure of what are the use cases that could pop out with the interaction of different blockchains with internet as well you know when it was invented people didn't really know like what are the other things you can do with the internet but you know now we are seeing everything is powered by internet so in the same way i think connecting blockchains making sure that one blockchain can interact with one another the potential is really high in in case that you know this happens and you know how this works is that once the chain the blockchain is connected to the polkadot network it becomes interoperable with all the other blockchains in the network and on the scaling front i would say polkadot checks a lot of boxes it acts as a multi chain network allowing it to process you know transfers in parallel blockchains i think one of the biggest roadblocks associated with blockchain technology today is that you you can't transfer data between blockchains right so i think parallel processing is a significant improvement 
and can pave the way for global blockchain adoption i think you mentioned this when we were talking pre show that polka dot network can also secure and validate the data that is being transferred across these different blockchains so you know that would be like a maintenance of the network and th- there'll be different set of validators as well across multiple parachains so all in all i think the concept is quite interesting you know connecting different blockchains opens up a lot of use cases and obviously like the owners of this cryptocurrency they have specifically mentioned that you know polka dot is not for speculation it is just to power and act as a bridge between different blockchains but i don't think that's going to stop people from uh, <laughs> speculating but yeah the potential is great i mean the potential of this network i think in the future looks really good definitely and something to keep in mind is that recently when elon musk tweeted that tesla will no longer accept bitcoin due to its high energy consumption something all these cryptocurrencies have in their favor is that all of them have extremely low energy consumption in comparison to bitcoin because of the difference in the proof of stake algorithm proof of authority and the proof of work algorithm which bitcoin uses so as a point of comparison ethereum uses 90% less energy than bitcoin and cardano uses 90% less energy than ethereum wow i mean that's quite sustainable then yeah and uh, one of the biggest problems that people have with ethereum is the high transaction fees uh, gas fees as they're called and a lot of these cryptocurrencies they do aim to keep their costs low as well so while bitcoin and ethereum have the first movers advantage because bitcoin was the first proper cryptocurrency ethereum was the first cryptocurrency to implement smart contracts the newer updated versions of these cryptocurrencies definitely have a lot rooting for them in in the world we live in whether it's in terms of energy consumption or potential use cases everything points in that direction definitely i mean the the potential is great i think they are also learning from the failures of bitcoin right i mean all of these new cryptocurrencies that are coming up they are more improved more efficient i think they are also powering more use cases than what bitcoin offers bitcoin is the most famous cryptocurrency out there but i think the use cases that these cryptocurrencies that we just talked about it's it's quite impressive and again like we mentioned you know unless the value of these cryptocurrencies stabilize however good the use cases are it's 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 not going to be you know people are not going to be using a, a cryptocurrency unless it stabilizes in value right so for all of these use cases to be implemented for it to be executed in in the real world it has to be stable and i think it, it's still we are still far away from there because it's still so volatile every single day we are seeing like a 20% drop a 15% rise so in my opinion it's it's still going to take a long time before these cryptocurrencies serve the purpose for which they were actually created for and uh, let's move on and talk about the last cryptocurrency for this episode it's called koti what does it do anmol what's koti's selling point so all the currencies we've mentioned up until now they have blockchain and a foundation behind them like you're not only buying into the currency you're buying into the blockchain or its potential applications and it's a similar thing with koti but koti is specifically focusing itself on developing itself as a proper currency which is so it's it is kind of different from what uh, everything else we've looked at so far so they basically what their aim is that they want to make the ultimate power grid of payments so they want to have mm-hmm. a payments processor for 
fiat money, debit cards, credit cards, and cryptocurrency. They want to have either some sort of a crypto exchange. So they want to enable low-cost, easy, fast transactions across a variety of different methods. And their main selling points are that it's scalable, uh, which is to be seen because right now it is at a smaller scale compared to what it can go at. So the scalability remains to be seen. But there is a lot of simplicity on the platform and they offer buyer-seller protection. So because it's a payments processor, if anything happens on either side of the transaction, Koti can intervene at some point. They can either mediate or they can issue something on either side. And it's cost effective because using the blockchain and using any any algorithm that is not the proof of work algorithm will naturally be much more efficient. And as such, the transaction times are also much faster and they do promise security. But like I said, that remains to be seen if that is sustained at a higher scale. And one of the main applications of the Koti system is a payment system called Koti Pay. So that can process payments both online and offline. So online payments through credit cards, debit cards, like through e-commerce, cryptocurrencies, but also offline payment processing through cards. And if you're a business registered on the Koti system, you can make your own stable coin. So a particular merchant can make their own stable coin that the customer can then use to transact in that particular store. So it can act as a gift card of sorts. Wow. That won't be affected by the broader crypto market. So it won't matter if Bitcoin is down 30% because your your gift card at ABC shop will still be worth the same. That's quite interesting. And I think like I was just wondering what that's going to do for companies like Visa and MasterCard. Like if this network, if Koti catches on in a big way and it's, it's more efficient and if it's, you know, the transaction time and the fees that it charges to its vendors is also less than what Visa and MasterCard charge then I think these companies have to seriously think about how they are going to be tackling this threat from the cryptocurrency network. And I think the vision, what I can understand is that they want to capture every piece of the payment processing pie, right? They they want to be everywhere. Like if you're making a payment, OT wants to be there and they want to power that payment. So it's at a very niche stage right now. It's not completely developed. I think people still they're still skeptical about using a cryptocurrency based payments processor to you know power their transactions and use a credit card or debit card which is issued by a cryptocurrency network so i think it's still going to take time but obviously i think these companies have to like companies like visa and mastercard they have to be very cautious they have to be on their toes because all of these cryptocurrencies they are disrupting the payments the financial industry is in for a disruption in a very big way and also the point that you mentioned about stable coins. So the potential for that as well. Like, I mean, if Walmart wants to use its own stable coin, then they can just approach the Koti network and create a stable coin for, you know, all of their customers. So I think, again, the idea behind cryptos is that they want to decentralize finance. We'll keep close tabs on these cryptocurrencies. We'll continuously update you what's happening in this space. And I think, Anmol, it's very important to also, like we've we've spoken about, cryptocurrencies the potential the use cases but i think i think it's very important to highlight how risky it is to put your money into these cryptocurrencies i don't even want to use the word investment here because it is not investment when you're putting your money in a cryptocurrency you are literally you're you're gambling with your money it's it's not investment so what do you think are some downsides and some risks of putting money in a cryptocurrency 
I think a lot of people like they're just looking at stuff that further boosts their use case. So if like yeah, Koti does have a lot of potential, but for context, Ethereum, the blockchain behind Ethereum processes about two transactions per second. Bitcoin's blockchain processes about twenty-one transactions per second, twenty to twenty-one. And Visa processes sixty-five thousand transactions per second. So there is still a long way to go before we're even close to looking at cryptocurrency as a alternative. Right now, it is still yeah. very, very early. And if anyone starts trading cryptocurrencies, this is something not I can't hold against someone. But a lot of these exchanges make it very, they make it much easier than it should be to get your hands on leverage. Like the past week, what initially happened was when the news from china came out that the chinese government wants to stop its financial institutions from in- transacting in cryptocurrencies the price dropped a little bit but because the people who trade on leverage they have very tight stop losses they can't afford hmm. for the price to go down b- further so on that particular day there was more than 9 billion dollars in forced liquidation because a lot of people who were trading on leverage their positions got liquidated automatically otherwise they would have gotten a margin call so leverage is a double edged sword and it definitely works both ways you can double your money but you can lose a lot of money with leverage as well i cannot stress this enough last week there was the initial flash crash that caused the price to go from 45 to almost 30k 30000 there was around 9 to 10 billion dollars in forced liquidation and exchanges like binance offer 125 times leverage i i can't wrap wow. my head head yes. around that 125 yeah. times yeah damn the leverage the leverage they offer reduces as your position sizes go up but even to a point where you have $10000 invested you can still get a crazy amount of leverage for $10000 you can make your $10000 $100,000 that you can get 10x leverage, 15x leverage, 20x leverage and it's insane and furthermore the leverage isn't only for just like normal like buying an asset on leverage you can use the leverage to trade derivatives so you're getting you can get the best of both worlds but you can most definitely also get the worst of both worlds because you're trading on leverage and you're trading a derivative of an asset that is inherently volatile it is volatile by nature even if it goes up or down by a few thousand dollars in a matter of few minutes your position may be liquidated because that's just how cryptocurrencies are that is the stage they're at right now yeah i think i think the biggest like the biggest downside for me is obviously the fear of missing out between like you know the the people that are getting in cryptocurrencies i think a lot of them don't understand how cryptocurrencies work a lot of people just want to make quick money what happens is that when you see people without knowledge of a particular currency or particular asset getting into that asset it's how bubbles are created right it's how a classic bubble forms when people have a fear of missing out and they just keep continuously pumping money into something which is i mean how absurd it is like i i i think i've continuously repeated myself cryptocurrency is a currency okay a currency by definition is something which is stable in value and which you can use to transact and buy or sell something right if a particular currency goes up in value by 10000% then it loses its purpose i mean you can't use that sort of thing to buy or sell something because let's say i want to buy a house and i have like 100 bitcoins right tomorrow if the the price of bitcoin drops by 50% i'm done 
you know i i can't buy a house i can't do anything so i think the biggest risk is the way people are seeing cryptocurrency right now they are seeing it as a means to just make quick money we've seen in the past 7 days what happens when the sentiment changes you know it could easily like the the prices could very easily just crash by 20 30% in any any single day so unless you have money which you can gamble with like if you have 10000 rupees on the side which you know even if you lose those 10000 rupees you you won't lose your sleep over it then that is what you can put in cryptocurrencies but don't put your emergency fund your savings into cryptocurrencies because that's just just being foolish in my opinion so it's very volatile it's very risky and <laughs> again you know we were talking about these five cryptocurrencies but we are not in any way telling you to buy these cryptocurrencies it's we just highlighted the use cases of the network the speculation we don't advocate you know buying or selling cryptocurrencies we are not investment advisors here we just trying to highlight what what are the use cases and what are the future potential of this particular network of this particular cryptocurrency so again you know be aware of the risks that are involved with cryptocurrencies and be very cautious when you are making any decision you mentioned the fear of missing out so in january 2020 the indian cryptocurrency exchange wazirx the volume of cryptocurrencies that was traded on their platform was around 25 million dollars and in january 2021 so a year later the volume of cryptocurrencies traded in the month of january 2021 was 2.5 billion dollars <laughs> exactly that tells you right i mean that tells you the level of the amount of money that's flowing in cryptocurrencies right now and what why the reason why it's going up is because continuously the money is being pumped up what happens when money stops right what happens when this flow of money stops then i think the only way is down but again that's my personal opinion anything could happen yeah and a lot of people like i said they get into cryptocurrencies very early they don't do their full research but if you hold your cryptocurrency on an exchange it can be any exchange then you're not really the owner of your cryptocurrency that you've just given an exchange your money to buy cryptocurrency on behalf of you the cryptocurrency is still with the exchange so if the exchange goes under if anything happens to the exchange then your cryptocurrency goes with it that's why anyone who's looking to get into any kind of cryptocurrency long term should definitely consider getting a hardware wallet so you can have access and control of your own cryptocurrency that is your cryptocurrency you have physical possession of a digital mm-hmm. asset you have physical possession of the keys to your wallet because if you're on an exchange like a few years ago uh, there was a cryptocurrency exchange in japan which had almost 2 to 300 million dollars of cryptocurrency on it the exchange had to go under because the founder passed away suddenly and no one knew how to access the exchange without him they didn't have they literally didn't have the password to the exchange and 200 million 300 million dollars worth of cryptocurrency went down with that that's crazy yeah so couple of risks associated with putting your money in cryptocurrencies just wanted to put it out there because you know there's so much information on cryptocurrencies this this is such a hot topic and everyone wants to get a piece of it but it comes with its own set of risks and if you're putting your hard earned money into cryptocurrencies then also be aware of the fact that you could lose it all again you know be be very cautious understand read do your study do your research before you put any money i think that's it we've covered a lot of good ground with this episode we've talked about five cryptocurrencies 
कार्डानो रिपल वी चेन पोलका डॉट एंड कोटी समथिंग दैट यू कैन कीप ऑन योर वॉच लिस्ट एंड या अनमोल अगेन यू नो हैप्पी टू हैव यू ऑन द शो इट्स इट्स ऑसम मैन वेन एवर आई डू अ शो विथ यू दिस सो मच दैट आई लर्न यू नो बिकॉज आई लिटरली डोंट नो एनीथिंग अबाउट क्रिप्टो करेंसी इज लाइक माई लेवल ऑफ अंडरस्टैंडिंग ऑफ दिस industry is almost 0% so whenever i talk to you i'm learning something new thank you thank you for having me here it is it's definitely a very great platform to talk about cryptocurrencies and this is this is truly very interesting and there's so much to talk about there's literally i like there's another episode that can be made <laughs> like right here right now there's insane amount of content to talk about but i guess we'll save that for another day definitely we'll keep them coming so yeah more episodes with anmol more episodes with you know uh, siddhant as well i think uh, people also know him from previous episodes that we've done so these two guys are the cryptocurrency experts for bazaar and we'll continue to have them on board that does it for today's edition of bazaar people on the show may have certain recommendations to buy or sell but don't buy or sell based on what you hear do your own research before you take any investing decision especially when it's cryptocurrency you know you have to be extra careful and uh, let us know what you think of the show let us know what are the topics that you want us to cover take care and we'll see you next week